Welcome to Finding My Yum. It's a yummy day. It's yummy. We are having a new show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. Guys, that was improv. It was so clearly improv. Oh, I don't know if it was that clear. I thought it was, it was not oh, pretty good. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really liked your, your thank beats. You. Yeah, so that's why I lay, lay down the bass. Yeah, lay yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dropping a beat. Yeah. Yeah, we're so white. <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome. Aaron Weissman is on the podcast today. I'm so freaking excited. Mm-hmm. This just lovely, lovely human being was introduced to me um, through a friend and I finally got to have some of the conversations I've been wanting to have with men about um, he identifies as hetero romantic uh, bisexual. Mm-hmm. And um, we finally get to have the conversation about like his experience of being a man and, you know, the rigidity within our cultural framework of men experimenting with the same gender and what that means and how limiting it is for like masculinity within this country and his journey with it and his experience as like a, a unicorn mm-hmm. um, and just within the, within the king community. And he is delightful and like so vulnerable and open and amazing. And I think you guys are really going to love this perspective that I haven't quite been able to have on yet. Yeah, it was really interesting to talk to him. He's obviously very open about you yeah. know his whole journey, yeah. um, including like, you know, as... I guess in, yeah, one thing that was really interesting, I think that came up, uh, he's talking, he talks a little bit about his college life and, and getting introduced to the idea of bisexuality, but then yes. also being told that it doesn't exist yes. within and men. how destructive that was. And, and the idea of bi erasure right. came up. Um, and we, we weren't able to talk about it a lot. But yeah, this idea that like, which I think both you and I talked about a little bit off mic of, you know, when I was growing up, I... I did have a very closed idea of sexuality and I was like, I did subscribe to the idea that like, yeah, if you're bi, you will pick a side eventually mm-hmm. and how harmful that idea is. I mean, I remember having like a revelation of being like, oh, it's just easy. Like if you're, if you think you're bi and you're dating a dude, then you're just gay. And if right. you think you're dating a lady, then you're straight. And right. it's like, that's like, not. That it's black and white and there's two categories. I mean, categories. I was like 13, but like still. Right, and I was very right. young as well. Right. But yeah, this this idea, but that's so harmful that even yeah. like children are being mm-hmm. raised with mm-hmm. this idea and this beautiful concept that I've 100% embraced now and like uh, applaud and want to give more visibility to, especially bisexuality, because I think truthfully we're all on a spectrum sure. and it depends, you know, where you are on that spectrum. But like... This idea that there's only two identities is awful <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and and doesn't give visibility to people who are able to express their sexuality in the, whatever way feels comfortable to them. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. And then we hear a lot about that in this episode and he's, yeah. and he's great. Yes. Um, yeah. Enjoy. Da, 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 da. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me. Ain't got no patience. So let's go. Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. We have Aaron Weissman here. He is playwright, screenwriter extraordinaire. He's had a play in China, which is super cool. Um, and I'm just grateful for you to be here. Thank you. Of course. Hello. Yeah. Um, so I'm mostly so excited to have you here because I've been wanting to speak to men, um, especially like 
masculine like uh, heterosexual presenting men uh, because like all of this these conversations I think have been coming up about how men are like sexualized how we how men learn about sex and then this really rigid framework that we have for men uh that I don't think allows for a lot of exploration if you identify super like on the heterosexual scale. And then I feel like it's a big choice to identify otherwise. Like, whereas with women, I think there's a little bit more flexibility, or at least that's how I've been perceiving it. And, um, you know, we've talked a a little bit about your experience and I think it's, it's compelling because I think it's just a, it's such an interesting journey and you're so open about, like what you've experienced and 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 different choices that you've made. So, um, I'd love to just dive right into who you are, Aaron. Oh my gosh, who I am. Who Great. you are? Sure. <laughs> um, well, I'm Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I identify as bi. Cool. Um, I, you know, like that was a real journey coming to that mm-hmm. as a young person. Um, I think as a child, as a kid, you know, like I, I was definitely very sort of sexual from a young age. You know, sort of into it, always turned on and you know, masturbating and stuff. Yeah. And was confused by this sort of like interest in men as well as women. Um, And it really was a struggle for a while because it felt like, well, if I'm interested in men, society says that means I'm gay. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to put the gay hat on and see how that feels. Yeah. But it never like clicked. It didn't feel right. Um, And I still was, you know, interested in women. I mean, it was a revelation to me later in life, like in, college or whatever that like gay men don't like women like they don't like pussy like they like they are grossed out by it yeah um I mean huge overgeneralization obviously but generally speaking like it it was a big turning point when I sort of realized that that like it wasn't like you know gay men or the way most men identify who are gay that that for them they, they sort of have this interest in women too but they just prefer men it's like no it's not it's not like a both sides kind of thing like that um there was something more unique going on with me Mm. Um, but it really, you know, like in high school and, you know, throughout college a little bit too, it was definitely a struggle. Um, and I took a class in college called human sexuality, which was taught by this sort of notorious professor who was later fired amidst sexual scandals. Um, yeah, it was a real, yeah, really scandalous. Um, and, but he had done this, uh, test or a study where he had claimed to prove that like male bisexuality didn't exist. Um, Whoa! So to Wait, hear, where did you go to undergrad? This was at Northwestern University. Oh my god! Um, I'm blanking on his name, okay. um, but you know, avid listeners will will be well, able to no. do the research and know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's out there. Uh, he there was an incident later after I was there about where he like had a fuck saw on stage as like an after class like experience where you could just like see what that looked like and fuck saw yeah, i was gonna ask that too oh my goodness well i believe i mean i wasn't there but to the best of my knowledge a fuck saw is like a you know a dildo or some other type of insertion device on some sort <laughs> of like so thrusting you know repeating machine um you know that goes back and oh, forth okay sure um Again, you know, there, there was, he... Ap- like, into somebody? Like, you were, it was, like, almost like a live sex show? I think it was, like, one step below a live sex show. It was, like, he had the, a person sort of demonstrating it and showing it, but not actually 
sort of using it. Um, but that was one of like many incidents where he was sort of like in hot water. Um, oh, and I think I think the thing that actually I'm really I shouldn't be slandering this man's name I suppose on this podcast. Yeah, said his name. Yet. But, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's so true. So we're in the same. Yeah, um, we're in the clear. He. I, I believe what ultimately got him fired was for inappropriate relations with students. Which sort of aligns with, like, yeah, this, I, I don't know, uh, like, m- marginalizing other people or saying that things don't exist and then doing something that's taboo. Just sort of, like, that tracks. Also, exactly. did you know that um, a fuck saw, I'm imagining that's what he was calling the device? Is Yeah. So, as a side note, women's orgasm was considered hysteria um like oh god i'm gonna get the time frame wrong but initially there were you like if a woman wasn't orgasming they weren't labeling it this but if she was like having these symptoms of being basically hysterical they would send her to a physician and the physician would essentially masturbate her um and that's how the uh like different devices like a vibrator and stuff were created essentially by physicians and then all of a sudden it was determined that it was like naughty or wrong or whatever and and moved into a different space of like sex toys and stuff but like that's where it started that history is crazy insane there's a wonderful play about it by sarah rule mm. called in the next room uh-huh. or the vibrator play yes I yes, think that's yes, the yes. Title. no you're right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah um, really interesting and yeah so bizarre strange yes yeah. a whole nother podcast episode whole, could be about <laughs> quote-unquote sex researchers yeah. and their yes. contributions to the field <laughs> yeah, exactly um okay so uh before this human sexuality class and uh what what was your like you were a sexual kid but did you were you seeing porn did you see like what it was there like multiple person porn that you were looking at or like any point of reference for anything other than gay versus straight not much i mean i definitely i don't think i was watching any like multiple person porn i think it was either like straight porn or gay porn Mm -hmm. um and certainly i mean like i you know, had sex ed in school and it was, you know, very neutral. I think it was, right. you know, I was, I, yeah. Well, and I grew up in a, you know, pretty progressive area in Milwaukee. So it was, you know, it was fine. Yeah. Um, like I, it was, sort of had no problem with it one way or the other, but it also certainly wasn't instructive in any of these sort of human sexuality or orientation yeah. elements. It had no, nothing to, it had no light to shine on that question. Was it talked about within your family unit? Um, was what talked about? A sex or sexuality. Like, was there communication about it or was it? A little bit, but not much. Okay. I mean, there was certainly, I have an, an older brother. He's, you know, three years older. So certainly, like, between teenage boys or, sure. you know, preteen boys, I mean, there's some questions and yeah, discussions yeah, yeah. and sexy things happening in terms of, you know, conversations about what is this? Yeah. But beyond that, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had, a, growing up, we had a close family friends who were a lesbian couple with kids about our age. Oh, okay. Um, so there were, gay people in our lives right. certainly it was th- that wasn't a mystery or anything but it, it also wasn't like talked about a Got lot it. and so then this human sexuality class uh yeah that was in that was in college I guess I was 19 or 20 at the time and not that I was considering identifying as bi really or even sort of had that on my radar but him saying that it didn't exist was like well okay I guess that's not an option because it's it's not oh, a thing for oh, men oh how damaging it was that's it was a little horrific. yeah it sort of sent me down a, a, a negative path for a few years um, and then I went to therapy and Woo! that was great and the th- you know sort of started working 
things out, you know, in there. I guess I'd been to therapy also as a in high school for some of this stuff too, because it was creating a lot of anxiety for me. I was really sort of upset about this uh, this sort of nebulousness where I couldn't figure out what what was going on with me and what yeah. I wanted. And I mean, like I was had started dating girls. I was sort of a late bloomer in some senses, but had, you know, was dating women in you know late high school and then college. Definitely not any men because it was way too threatening. Yeah. It was really scary, even though I was into it. Yeah. Um, what and was the threat then that what was the threat like that you would all of a sudden be gay or you would be maligned or you would be in this category that was in between and so that was undefinable and unsafe uh i think the first two things you said okay big time of like feeling like well if i like had any interaction with a man in a sexual or romantic way, then I was going to love it and that was going to be it. And then there was no turning back. Ah. There was like that fear. There was definitely the fear of um, being maligned or being, you know, the sort of internalized sort of homophobia or, you know, socialized aspect of it. Um, Yeah. I think there was just a lot of sort of concern and anxiety and sort of like Like tightly woundness. Yeah. Around the sort of unknown of it and the, and the, the fear of it it just it was very threatening to me yeah I, th- I mean I think that that sort of gets at the heart of what like I, like I've been wanting to talk about a lot because I it's scary to it's scary to experiment for everyone I think and I think I hope it's getting easier and I'm certainly feeling I mean I'm older now so I and I feel a little bit more comfortable on my skin but it's still uncomfortable for me but I I just feel like specifically for men though like we just want to keep you guys in such a particular box and if you don't fit into that particular box that is like this you know super masculine uh like hetero dude then yeah where like there is just like one option or 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 you you all of a sudden are on the outside and and i think that that's it that that's such a shame and we don't talk about it enough. Big time. Yeah. But absolutely. I completely agree. It's really problematic, I think, mm-hmm. the way it limits and the way we as sort of a society really structure this rigidity around male sexuality. Yeah. That it's like it's just this one thing. It's right. got to be sort of gay or straight. And it's super thick black lines separating them. Right. And that's it. Well, and you know what I think is interesting is like even those lines almost just differentiate on the surface level of like what the preference is but almost the manifestation of how we conceive it is similar it's like this testosterone sort of like aggressive nature and so it's still like even though it's polarizing and like you're interested in men or women it's still like you fit into this mold of like man and maleness you know and so if they're if you're like bi or in the middle or even like you know, a little bit more effeminate or, you know, we now have like metrosexual and I think that that's becoming a little bit uh, more normalized, which is amazing. But like, you know, emotive men who are on the spectrum and feel things and, and can communicate and say their feelings like I feel like we're getting better, but that's still not the modality of which we put on to men into that like rigid framework. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's a shame and it's, it's, I think a, there's a lot of people and I've certainly encountered some in my dating life who are, you know, haven't sort of like worked through this stuff or haven't mm. sort of gotten their way to the other side of it the way I have, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and it's just, it's sad. It's yeah. really sucks to see, you know, like I'll go out with some guy and, 
you know, who's like maybe never been with men before is curious about it. And they're just so like wound up. And I mean, I see myself, you know, what I was 15 years ago or whatever. Um, and it's, I just really feel for them. I really feel for that, uh, you know, that experience where your curiosity or desire or, you know, hope for seeing yourself as a sexual person in different ways where all that gets like quashed by this like fear of how it'll be seen, how it'll be, you know, received by your, your friends, your family, yourself, your own understanding of yourself. It's, you know, all of these internalized things. It's really, it's really sad. Yeah. So you're back to your journey about it. So, uh, you start going to therapy. Yeah. Yay therapy. Yay. Um, and then, what did the therapist help you? I think the therapist sort of set the groundwork for me to like figure things out on my own. Cool. Um, she was, you know, really helpful and addressing some of these issues and questions I had just about sort of understanding myself. One thing she said, I remember at the time that was so interesting. I think it was maybe our first session. She said, you keep using the word normal. Mm. Like you keep having these concerns about whether this is normal or what is normal or if you're normal. And it's like, why are like, what is that? Why are you so concerned about that? Yeah. Um, and taking a step back from that and, you know, reflecting on that was really helpful. Um, yeah. And I continue to consider that sometimes. Um, but yeah, it was really, she and, you know, our work together really helped decrease, I think, some of the, the anxiety around it that was preventing me from actually, like, exploring some of the issues. Yeah. Um, such that uh, a year after I graduated, I remember it specifically because it was Obama, the inauguration day for Obama's first term, January 20th, 2009. Oh, yeah. I and it. I was at a bookstore in Chicago, <laughs> Women and Children's First. And there was a book on the shelf called Roadmap to Bisexuality. And I sort of pulled it off the shelf, sort of curious, you know, idly curious, and started paging through it. And like every description of what they were saying was like, I was like, that's me. This is me. This is me. And it just, it was like a gong strike. It was so clear. It mm-hmm. was like, it just hit me all at once. I was like, oh, I'm bi. That's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And suddenly all these years of like confusion around it being one way or the other, what is this? How do I identify? Who am I? What is this stuff? It suddenly was just like, oh no, I'm bisexual. Yeah. It's just like, screw that awful teacher who did that no quote name. unquote study. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. no name teacher that we're slanderizing. Uh, screw him and all of that. This is real. This is this is who I am. This is undeniable that I am, you know, at least at a sexual level, like interested in both genders or, yeah. or you know, more, you know, more than just one gender. Right. And uh, I'm really grateful that I had that experience that morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. That's what I say. I feel like somewhere out there, Republicans yeah. like, I knew it. We I knew it. <laughs> it was Obama's fault. It's going to turn our men by. Um, so then after that amazing sort of alleviation of anxiety and and just finding your place then what was like the next sort of journey from that because I imagine like even if you find where you're at it's still like okay well what do I do now oh yeah that was definitely my experience I mean I you know I'm a pretty intellectual person so it was the first step was getting my mind around it yeah and then the next step of actually operationalizing it like took a few years. Sure. Um, I think I was in a relationship with a woman at the time or was just like starting to be in one and she and I dated for about a year and that was monogamous and we didn't really talk about it. I'm not sure if I even really came out to her ever um, about that stuff. Um, but certainly somewhere within there or maybe after that relationship ended, like I was coming out to my friends and my family and sort of, you know, was sort of making it known that this is who I am and a part mm-hmm. of my identity. Even though at the time I still had never 
like hooked up with a man. I oh. just like knew it was just like again, it was so clear that like, oh, this is me. This is how I need to yeah. sort of move present myself. The world. Yeah, move through the world. Um, and so then after that about one year relationship with a woman, I you know was single and sort of seeing people around. And I think I got my first basically experience with a man was a friend of a friend. We you know sort of met at a party, mm-hmm. and then went out a couple weeks later for Thai food. Ooh. And then I know the sexiest of the, the cuisines. Sexiest. Uh, it really is though. I mean, it it creates like some digestive questions, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm, delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, if you can stomach it, it's great. <laughs> but uh, oh. uh, and then we went back to his place and you know chatted and talked and then ended up hooking up and it was great. Like I remember as we were like making out and I'm sort of you know rubbing my hands along his back or whatever, sort of feeling for the first time, sort of like feeling a male body or the male physique in this way. I remember like the the thing that popped in my head was just the name Oprah because it was like in my head it was like I was living my best self I was like do I was like had come to this moment and so it was just like Oprah that is adorable and that was just like the thing that, that my subconscious decided to tell me in that moment and that felt right you know it felt like I oh, had Oh she would be really proud of If she it. hears this thank you Oprah yeah. you know Please Oprah listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Number one listener. Um, I love that. And then, uh, so after that, where you, you, cause I, I don't know if this was, you talked, you, we talked before and you said you had like a period of like a year. Oh yeah. Yeah. So after that, actually after that, I then got in another relationship with a woman. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a little bit of a through line there of like, some of that was a quality of, you know, fearfulness or safety of like dating a woman monogamously is a way it was sort of a defense mechanism of like, well, then I don't have to be Deal threatened by, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can just like, well, no, I'm with seeing this woman. I can't hook up with men. Um, but with her, with that second woman, as opposed to the earlier one, I was much more open with her about it. And at the end of our relationship or as after about a year of our relationship, we started talking about opening things up or bringing somebody in. Like I was sort of making it known that I felt like I wanted to explore this stuff more. Yeah. I'd had that one experience, the Oprah moment, the Oprah and moment. was sort of wanting some more. I love that. Did you tell that? Gentleman? I don't think I ever have. Uh, I, I feel like he would like it too. He should know. He if should somebody know. told me that when we had a sexual experience, like Oprah came into their mind, I'd be like, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Man, you're right. I should find him. Yeah. I should go find him and send him yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Listen, Jake. This is what this is what you did for this me. This is what you did. Um, it's true. I'm very grateful for his. <laughs> what if that's what he thought too? Yeah, you guys like <laughs> synced your Oprah thoughts, and you didn't even know it. If there was a moment of like telekinesis going on, <laughs> like, shared brainwaves. Now we're really talking. That's my kind of sexual. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was. I can't remember what I was saying. But basically, I. You were in the monogamous room, yes. then you were thinking about We were talking opening about it opening it up, mm-hmm. yes. And ultimately, it just like wasn't the right fit. She, she wasn't sort of ready for that. And I basically needed to be single to explore this stuff. Right. And so we split up, you know, amicably and sadly, but, you know, it was the right thing for the moment. And then I spent about a year just dating men. I like really pushed my, I was like, don't get in a relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. Like just date men and see what that's like. And that was great. Like it was really glad to have done that Um, had some good experiences and it was very clarifying in part because it was like okay I'm not gay like after a year I was like I miss women like I miss dating women I miss Mm -hmm. sleeping with women Um, I never had much of an emotional attachment or experience with other men Um, 
so the you know in the community that's sort of technical term for this would yeah, be like yeah. hetero romantic you know right. like I'm bisexual but hetero romantic yes. and that has more or less continued to be true and I, I really push myself to be open to the possibility of a more romantic or emotional connection with other men but it hasn't really happened um, in, a, in a significant way mm-hmm. um, and obviously also all of these things are on a spectrum yeah. right it's not black right. and white but um, so that year of dating men was clarifying for that too that it was Got like it. I don't think I'm getting what I need or want emotionally from men mm-hmm. um, and that that year was really clarifying yeah that's so it's so wonderful that you gave yourself especially that much time because I feel like that's a lot of time and a lot of different people to encounter and just see how you feel and how it is and what you like and what you don't like oh yeah I mean mostly it was shitty okay Cupid dates that didn't go anywhere but uh yeah it was still I mean also it's a lot of effort like I find going on any date from an online source just like remarkably taxing yes yeah like it's a lot and so then to like I've opened up my um my dating spirit I think I closed it again but I included women for a little bit and I just like never pulled the trigger because I don't I'm not I don't think I'm interested in actually dating a woman either like I like I like them there in sexual situations and like group sex or whatever but like yeah the idea it's a lot like it just feels like a lot so that's huge I feel like just is like growth and like allowing yourself that time yes and I'm not sure if at the like when I started on that journey that I was like this is I'm gonna do this for a year I think it was Mm -hmm. just like I'm gonna do this for a while and it ended up being a year yeah um but yeah thank you that's nice it was it was good it was I'm very glad that I gave that to myself and that I sort of prioritized that even though it was sort of discombobulating sure um and then even afterwards it like then took me a while to sort of get back into the rhythm of dating women like it was yeah because it's of, different yeah it's I different mean, people are different oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah um, I, wanted, I guess i wanted to ask on that um we've been talking obviously a lot on this uh podcast about identity like throughout a number of different episodes um and so i'm curious and this comes from a place of being naive to this stuff but like when you started to date men, did you have this like kind of conversation with yourself, does this, am I gay? Not, does this mean I'm gay, but like, am I? And then like, how f- frequently were you like, oh no, I'm still attracted to this woman. That kind I of stuff. think it definitely was still, it was a question of like, and it well phrased too, of not like the fear of like, oh my gosh, this makes me gay. But right. no, literally like, no, am I like, am I still interested in women? Like this, I clearly have this desire for men. Like I clearly am pushing myself to go do this and that feels like the right thing again oprah is telling me to so um the all-knowing the all-knowing saint oprah knows um but yeah so i do think that was a question that i was engaging with with myself of like am i gay do i still want women or Mm -hmm. am i still interested in them and i really think it was but i I, even though i was asking myself that that was a definitely a present thing on my mind. I don't know that it was something I was like engaging with or Mm -hmm. upset about necessarily on like a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Upset's maybe the wrong word, but like it it was, it wasn't necessarily something that was very present continuously. I think it was something that would like crop up after I would like go on a date or have an experience and be like, huh, that was fun, but also maybe lacking. What does that mean? I wonder what that means. And I think really what, ended this sort of year-long exploration was a man who I finally sort of got a little further with. We went on a few different dates and, you know, hooked up in a number of different sort of sexual capacities. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is fun. I'm definitely like physically into this, but maybe that's it. Mm. 
Um, cause I'm really, I don't even remember what the, you know, specific moment or sensibility around it was, but it was, I just remember the clarity of like, gosh, dang, do I miss ladies? Like I just really, sure. that was really sure. the thing that I think it effectively answered that question of like, mm. am I gay? It was like, I really don't think I am. Mm. And again, there was, I, as I mentioned before, this sense of like realizing that other gay men, which I was now interacting with more in this romantic capacity, like when I, I would, you know, tell them that I was bi or be, uh, you definitely be open about that and realize how different their experience of their sexuality mm. was. Mm. So it was almost like by going out with them and talking to them and hooking up with them, it clarified the degree to which I was not on the sort of, Kenzie scale, like where you exactly, I wasn't on there. It, yeah. I can't remember if it's Number. six or zero, whichever yeah. one is you know, more towards the gay side, yeah. more towards the same sex desire side. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not quite that far along on the spectrum, and that's different. You know, yeah. that just makes me different than them. I've asked, I think, a number of women this, and I had this experience, and so I'm, I'm curious because on the subject of identity, just that, you know. I've had a couple of experiences uh, with women now and I was overwhelmingly shocked with, I think in my head, I conceived like if I had done something like something dramatic would change. Like somehow I would be like a different person and real like I'm the same. Nothing, you know what I mean? Like nothing's changed. Like I'm still like me at core and it doesn't have to like rock anything major. Yes. And so I wonder if that kind of came up for you too of like, oh, I can have sex with men and like I'm still the same person that I am. Definitely. And, uh, just because a label changes or somebody else's perception of a label, it doesn't really affect me at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that was totally my experience of it too. And I think it's it's sort of been a nicely gradual you know, increased of increase of acceptance of sort of mm -hmm. self acceptance yeah. of like that process as the years have passed yes. and more, you know, time and experiences have accumulated. It feels more and more comfortable yeah. to that. That's yeah. Like this is just me. Right. This is, I'm like, getting closer just, like, to who I really am. Yeah. 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 Um, and so then after you, you dated just exclusively men, then you moved into a, a, a different space. Of yeah. So, Exactly. So after that year and sort of then getting back into the swing of things with, with women and essentially dating both men and women, um, somewhere in there I realized, well, maybe what I really want or maybe the way that I would really like to experience men sexually is actually more like in a threesome capacity, mm -hmm. like hooking up with a male female couple. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely like as I started exploring more of that just personally sort of inside my own heart and soul, I was like, oh, yeah, I really want that. That's yeah. definitely a thing I want to do. Um, but similarly, like, took a long time to operationalize. Yeah. Um, and there was an app. Well, I feel like it's interesting because I'm sort of in that space, too, of, like, I've decided there are certain things I want, and then finding those communities or those people that I want to do them with is slow coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And it takes time, and it's, like, you know, you can't rush it both in the sense of for your own self yeah. and sense of understanding, but also like it's difficult to go quickly because yeah. sometimes because, you know, particularly in that space of like group or couple stuff, it's like there's additional people. Like right. <laughs> dating one person is complicated enough. Yeah. Like trying to schedule just going out with a couple can be take a month, you yeah. know? So yes, the slowness of it is, is I think par for the course. Yeah. Um, but a friend told me about this app which at the time was called Thrinder, um, the you know threesomes for Tinder or whatever, and now is called Field, and I think 
you've talked about oh, elsewhere yeah, yeah, on your yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, but it's great. I'm, it's, for the most part, a pretty great community. Um, although back in the day, it was much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that was sort of my primary route of like meeting couples or meeting other singles who are interested in this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was finally after, I don't know, maybe a couple years after that sort of year of dating men, I finally, it was actually kind of a funny story because I was, I'd been chatting with a woman on Tinder who was, had in her profile that she was poly and had multiple partners and all that stuff. And she and I took it just like the scheduling took a while, but we finally had set a date. And then like two days before the date, I matched with a man on that other app, Thrinder. And in one of his pictures, I saw her and was like, oh, I'm, are you guys, is this you guys a couple? And they were like, oh yeah, we are. That's hilarious. That's so so I went out with her once and then I went out with him once, like just the two of us on with both of them. And then I went out with both of them together and we went back to their place and had my first threesome and it was fantastic. Yeah. Just totally ecstatic. And yeah. I, I remember biking home afterwards and just with the biggest smile on my face, like, that, yep, was, how that my, was great. <laughs> my first threesome was that kind of experience too, where I was like, this is great. Yeah. I was like, everything about this was so good. Yeah. 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 It was so fun and erotic and just, I mean, I'm a real proselytizer that I think everyone should have a threesome in their uh, life. Just you know what? I to, do too. you yeah. know, it's, it's a, it's a very unique experience and we'll mm-hmm. teach you a little bit more about sexuality than, and yourself and like communication is so much more emphasized because there's so many people and moving pieces and moving parts and like I think my big takeaway from it was like I I asked for things and then I got them fully and that has actually never happened before and I was like whoa what is this like like getting what I want in like a really big way to completion like not just like like I'm gonna do this for a second and then back to what I want to do. So just dating straight men, yeah. your life hasn't been great? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Especially the ones that I was dating. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found such satisfaction in it. Thank you. But yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Of that sense of like how the additional body, the additional person sort of naturally forces some additional communication. Yes. Which then suddenly you're like, oh, I could do that level of communication even All when it's just time. one partner. Yeah. yeah, and like how sexy it was Yeah, to like overly communicate what you want and like what's going on so that everybody's on the same page. Like, cause be- because especially with two people, I guess, you know, and I've operated with this idea that like you're supposed to read the other person's mind and that's what's romantic and sexy and like charming and bullshit. But like, yeah, the idea that, like, you can't read two other people's minds. No. Like, that's going to be nuts. So you have to start talking. And, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but after that experience with that couple, we actually, I didn't end up seeing them again. Um, but I sort of continued then to, you know, date around, you know, both single people as well as, you know, some couples here and there. And mm-hmm. this was all back when I lived in Chicago before I moved to Los Angeles. And for about the last six months I was there, I dated a couple um, sort of like, you know, more than once. It wasn't just like a one-time thing. Um, And that was really fun to sort of have an ongoing relationship with them. Um, And they're very sweet. And, you know, we had really fun times together. And they were actually new to it. Um, So it was also interesting to like within a year go from sort of like being the newbie to then like being the 
expert. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> like at all other, that I'm an expert, but showing yes. other people the ropes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like in that situation too, like the guy, the male half of the couple hadn't ever been with another man before, or mm-hmm. he had like one experience, or you know, he'd like given somebody a blowjob like ten years ago or something. Yeah. Um, so he was basically pretty new to it. Um, and they had opened up their relationship. So they like explored a little bit with dating other people. So they weren't like the, the, the nature of like me being with his wife, like wasn't like totally crazy and mind boggling to him, which I was very grateful for. But like beyond that, certainly the nature of just like, what is it like for three bodies to have sex was like very new to them. And that was interesting. It was interesting to be in that position. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but like, (laughs) I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but before the, the threesome that I had, it was with a friend of mine and then we brought in somebody else and I was like, we have to watch porn. I cannot conceptualize. Like I was like, I need a roadmap. Because I don't understand. And if I don't have a visual understanding, like, my brain can't handle it. And then I'll, like, freak out. So, yeah, I, we, like, we watched porn. You watch them, like, instructional videos. Yes. I yeah. love that. Yeah, because I was, like, I was, like, where does your body go and my body go and his body go? And, like, what happens? <laughs> it feels like such a Jerry thing. <laughs> it is. It totally was. And, it, like, I, I love her and she, like, knows how neurotic I am. So, like, I mean, we also scheduled the threesome. Like, we had the time. We had the place. We had, you know. And then it was great. But, yeah, like, I def- I needed to understand, like, visually what was going to happen. Because, like, my brain, it was too much. Oh, yeah. Also, I think it's interesting because... Um, I, so I'm on this sex positive for women uh, universe on Facebook, which is a group of uh, female identifying people who basically talk really openly about sex and share and like share photos. And it's a really supportive community. But there's like the idea of having sex with two men and one women, one woman like it, it, so it would be me and two men is like this anomaly that we sort of talk about. It's like the, like a, like a shiny unicorn. Um, and wait, do you mean as opposed to dynamics where it's two women and one man? Yeah. Yes. And so, um, and I feel like it's intimidating to me. That's more intimidating to me than, cause that's like a lot of dick and it's like, it feels a lot, like it's a lot of male energy. So, um, I think it's interesting that you've just done that a lot too, because like that, that almost feels like, I get a little scared just because it would be, it, like, it feels like it would be a lot. Although, in in a lot of conceptions of women that I've talked to, like, it's men who aren't necessarily interested in each other either. So yes. I feel like that would make it safer almost. It would be safer if the men were interested yes. in each other? Yes. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. Yeah, it's not so much attention just on, like, me. Yes, yeah. I've heard from other, you know, female friends or partners or whatever that that's a similar... I've heard that kind of concern before. Yeah. That make, yeah, that tracks. Um, and it makes sense. And, like, I, my... I've never been in an experience, in a threesome experience, where um, it, there, like, wasn't anything... Like, with another... With a straight guy, basically. Right. Like, who, like, wasn't interested in any of that stuff. Like... And I... It's not that I've, like, purposefully avoided that. Sure. It just has never come up. Right. Um, which I guess I'm grateful for. Because um, it's more fun when you can Everybody all touch can. each other's butts. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't hold back. Right. Um, I think one of the interesting things that you talked about, too, is, like, as you were doing this exploration, you touched on the idea that it wasn't as emotionally satisfying because... You were coming into another dynamic. Yeah. And so, like, 
at some point it you started to crave a little bit more of that like emotional connection right and absolutely yeah i mean after a few years of it um and not that i was doing it exclusively like sure. in, in interspersed between seeing this couple or that couple or whatever there was other you know just single women who I was dating, yeah. you know, sort of separate from that. Um, but definitely with, you know, being the third or sort of coming into relationships after a few years, there was a sense of like, this is super fun and hot. And, you know, I'm obviously really into it. And, you know, there's something very sexually charged about it that I get off on, but it's like kind of a bummer that I'm the third that right. like, I'm always coming this, like, you're it. like literally the third wheel. Mm -hmm. So I was, um, I was starting to crave more sort of emotional intimacy one-on-one -on -one and like, well, what does it look like if I have a partner and we bring someone in, you know, mm -hmm. instead of being the third, mm -hmm. instead of being the unicorn joining yeah. the relationship, what if I'm part of the relationship? Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, been a cool evolution too, to sort of see that track. And then, but then the other side of it is for the first time a few months ago, I was in, I was dating a couple and it was actually more like poly and romantic in the sense of we were all sort of dating each other. Mm. Um, and they were a pre-existing couple that I did at the beginning sort of join in on. Um, and it didn't last super long. Um, I think those things are kind of an inherently unstable, not that it's undone people. Yeah. There are definitely examples of it, but for us, like it, it couldn't last that long. Um, but for the, those brief few weeks, it was pretty wild to yeah. feel like I was like, I wasn't just the third who was like, you know, just a play toy for the sex times. It was like, no, I was really sort of having a relationship with both of them individually outside of our like threesome dynamics. Yeah. And that was crazy. And yeah. hot and wild and intense. And then like, okay, that was too much. Great. Yeah. Cool. We're done. <laughs> cool. Right. Um, I think the last thing I'd like to talk about is this idea, because I think we we talked a little bit about non-monogamy and that sort of evolution and the idea of dating people now and making it more clear what you're looking for so that when you go out with them, like at least there's more of an understanding of like, this is what I'm looking for and this is what I'm thinking right now and I don't know how it's going to work and I'm exploring it too and like, you know, uh, but trying to attract those people because I think we talked about how like I'm having a lot of trouble with that too of I think I'm in the space of like either on one side of the coin bringing these people in that are sort of very far or like have nothing to do with this sort of kink sex positive community and so it's like this interesting dichotomy oh yeah I mean I yeah I don't quite know what to make of it either um certainly being sort of out there in the dating world, you, you know, you come across a lot of different, different types. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, I mean, generally speaking, I think the increase in non-monogamy or polyamory stuff and it's sort of salience in pop culture is a good thing. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do think there's certainly like anecdotal examples of men who sort of use those terms or have sort of like picked up on the lingo in a way to basically get away with shitty male right, behavior. Right, that's more harmful. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, but like those guys or that dynamic notwithstanding, um, I think it's great that it exists and I think it is, it, it's, it sort of puts the onus more on you as a single person, I think, to be like the, the presence of it in the culture, I think, is in a good way forcing us as individuals to be more articulate with ourselves about what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really exciting sort of shift, um, even if it also means that like sometimes you're having these 
like hard, awkward conversations with your new lovers that like 10 years ago, right. you were just not talking about that stuff, yeah. and, you know, for better or worse. Right. Um, so it's, it's shifting for sure. Yeah. Um, but you said like you put at some point, cause with, with this, cause you're with somebody new, right. And like in your profile now you allude to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my current profile and I sort of haven't been active for the past couple of months because I've been dating a woman, just the two of us. And in, in my profile, I think I alluded to like that I date couples, mm-hmm. but wasn't sort of more specific than that. Right. Um, and that was actually really good. Like, I'm glad I put that in there. Like that's like enough to just be like, hey. Yeah, for yeah. me or for this person, this woman, it was. She, you know, sort of like read between the lines a little bit. Um, and that was good. That was an improvement for when I didn't have anything in there about it because um, I think I was attracting or I was meeting with women um, who then, if it, the first date was going well, I would sort of reveal a little bit more about my sexuality and that I've dated couples in the past and that stuff. And usually that was met with, you know, it was fine. Like yeah. people weren't like skeeved out by it or anything. But I also wasn't like attracting people who were curious about that themselves. Right. And I think that was the big thing I was missing out on. Right. And so finding a way to sort of like allude to without being, because the, the other sort of negative version of it is like the, profile that's like aggressively poly which is also not me like I am interested in non-monogamy like I you know want you know a partner and also some leeway on the side but I'm not really a person who wants to be dating multiple like having a bunch of serious romantic relationships more power to those people who are into that but not my thing and so how to weave that line in terms of like your dating profile on tinder (laughs) is tricky it's hard Um, so yeah that was the way I did it of you know alluding to it like I'm you know looking for flings couples something more serious sort of open to whatever and you know people picked up on that right and I I'm, I'm glad they did yeah um Awesome. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank oh, you for glad. sharing so candidly and openly. This has been like so lovely. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Yay. Woo. 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 <laughs> uh. Oh, gosh. Aaron, you're so just wonderful. Thank you for sharing so open and honestly and seriously giving a perspective that uh, we haven't had before. So you're paving the way on this podcast yeah. tour. And thanks, Obama, yeah. for letting thanks, dudes Obama. become bi. Yeah. As we established that in was the podcast. Like, yeah, the yes. big takeaway. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Obama. Um, yes. Well, as usual, please, 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 please uh, subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts. Write us a review. Put a little five star on there. Mm-hmm. Anything less, just forget about it. <laughs> you can you can send us an email if you have a review With, that's less right. than five stars just yep. to tell us, and then we'll try to work on it. And then you maybe we and get then your we'll, five stars. We'll get we'll earn those stars back. Um, and then please uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Finding My Young Podcast. We are always looking for new guests. So if you'd like to come on or you know somebody who would like to be a guest, please email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com mm-hmm. or send us a message on uh, Instagram. I'm always on that thing. Uh, Yay. <laughs>